uh, connected. Here comes some music for the audience, I think. Let's see here. Yep, there it is. Now deceased, of course, and 10 years after, probably deceased all those guys for issuing us in with that nice little theme song we like to use, love to change the world. Don't know what to do. Alvin didn't know what to do back then. We know what to do now. We just get some more folks on the train, you know. We need the train looking like you ever seen those pictures of those trains in India where they're they're jammed in like chat cattle in the in the car and then on the outside on both sides there's people hanging off everywhere. That's the train we need loaded. People get ready, there's a train a coming. You don't need no ticket. You just get on board. So that's what we do around here at the radio ranch is try and get you on board for the freedom train because that's the one we're driving and uh, we're driving it here on the euro folk radio network of course following such illustrious hosts as andy hitchcock glad to follow andy interesting program he had today and of course today you'll probably hear a lot of folks uh going back and reminiscing and commemorating today is the day that will live in infamy it does live in infamy of traitorism and traitors and people that uh have sacrificed uh, 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 millions tens of millions maybe even hundreds of millions of people on the sacrifice sacrificial altar of war to control the world's resources all that uh so here we go it's the uh tuesday edition of course uh 12 7 december the 7th again the day which will live in infamy as i was listening to the guy there on uh andy show american guy i can't remember his name i've heard him on there before um he uh i was thinking about when i was fortunate enough a couple of years ago i don't know about six years ago i guess to uh with carrot bars i won a trip to germany uh for about 10 days and got to go over there and uh they wined and dined us and put us up at a five-star european spa and we went to the big end uh gp races there and in, in uh czech republic and it was just quite a time first and only time i've ever been to europe but what i was flashing on this morning was as we were going over to the Czech Republic from Stuttgart. Stuttgart's down in the southern part of Germany, and it's a straight shot over. And I can't remember the little town. Bruno, I think maybe. Bruno, Czech Republic. And they've got the a, a huge racetrack there on this motorcycle GP stuff, you know. And uh, we had a big VIP tent on one of the big hair, hairpin turns and everything you could want. All you had to do is wiggle your finger and people brought you whatever you wanted. And it was just a real nice time. But on the way over there, quite memorable, actually. Um, on the way over there, we stopped for lunch. And there was a couple of buses they had with all the, I think there was about 30 people there from, there was about, half of them were from europe and half of them were from the u.s i was the only one that wasn't from one of those two places and of course i was american but i was living in argentina at the time and uh i remember it's pretty interesting they had one gal from spain there and nobody in the carrot bars office spoke spanish not one person 
in that whole office spoke Spanish. And so they're going, here, Roger, you speak Spanish? And I had to, this poor lady had to suffer through my Spanish. And that was a number of years ago when it was even worse than it is now. So, uh, but we actually uh, uh, found a way to communicate. It was pretty good. It was good practice for me. Anyway, so we're on the way over to Bruno, Czech Republic. Uh, on the on fun fun on the autobahn uh and uh, we stopped to have lunch and pulled off the autobahn and stopped in this little german town i believe it was a german sure it was a german town actually and uh found a nice little restaurant and we all went in there and after lunch we got to walk around just a little bit and i was walking around that uh that little town and the just down the street from the restaurant in the town square was a commemorative and it had all of the men's names that lost their lives in world war ii and here's this relatively small little town and i don't remember how many names were on that monument but it was staggering to me that that many men were lost out of what even you know back uh, 80 years ago was a much much smaller town obviously and uh, this guy was alluding to all the people in his town in some little town in iowa where his grandparents and parents were that uh, had lost so many people in world war ii and it makes you think about all the decades of all the deviousness and all the crap these creeps have pulled all the people that have lost their lives and and left their lives and limbs and blood on foreign shores just to control the world's resources and to come in and now issue us into this vaccine era where they want to set everybody up to where you either can't reproduce or you die because of the complications and the repercussions from this absolute uh, bioweapon that they're uh, uh, chiding cajoling uh enticing uh mandating all the crap that they're pulling to try and get this thing in as many people's arms as possible is quite sickening and i hope as those of you who are aware of what our ultimate remedy is here because this is the ultimate remedy to confront them okay that we've got in our hands and our minds and our hearts uh will keep all of that in perspective and help to spread the word and the message on what we've got here because we can bring these bastards down you know i don't know that us individually can bring them down but i know damn well we can assist there's a lot of other forces that are working on them too we just seem to have the coup de gras we've got the for the people as as andy uh, hitchcock calls them the people that always have answers well they don't have an answer for this they never have they never will and all they do is stand mute because they've been caught red-handed with a with a list of crimes that had hernia santa claus trying to carry them to somebody's house okay i mean there's not one crime in the history of the planet that's ever been registered that these bastards haven't committed here okay and the nice thing about it is our approach of confronting them confronting power i mean you talk about speaking truth to power and you file that affidavit and you send it in you're speaking truth to power you got big balls or big breasticles one of the two as lisa informed us they're called over in that other gender over there 
uh, and they stand mute. Power stands mute. Power doesn't have any any kind of rebuttal except to send out this very cleverly, like the, all the rest of the crap they've done to enslave the whole world, very cleverly worded little bluff letter that we've never had one person not overcome it. Now, we're going to probably talk about that a little bit today here because Paget's back with us and she's got a situation we want to discuss, but I wanted to get that out of the way. It's a special day. I had that memory of that park in whatever that little town was and all of the no doubt fine german men that gave their life in that war to fight these damn bankers and their usurious monetary system and their uh their absolute uh devastation of anything wholesome and good ethical and moral because that's what they do and, and they are the sleaziest, most underhanded, conniving, deceitful, treacherous, uh, 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 heinous. They're heinous bastards. You know, I, I was uh, was listening to something. One of these shows on Andy. I think one of the guys, Peter, uh, the guy from uh, South Africa, the missionary. I can't remember Peter's last name. And. Uh, he was reading from, uh, I think it was Michael King's book on... Uh, Hammond. Oh, okay, Peter Hammond. He was reading uh, those excerpts and those lessons he did from uh, Michael King's book on the not-so-great war, whatever it was called, the bad war or something. Yeah, th- this is how sick these bastards are. When they went through Germany and they got new new mothers, they would go and cut their nipples off of their breasts so their babies would starve right in front of them. Okay, when I say heinous, I want to tell you what I mean heinous. And and there there is no remedy, honestly, that we could heap on these sorry slaving pieces of shit that's adequate for the crimes they've done. How in the world, with these bastards and what we know, can you go back and anywhere near adhere to the commandments in Revelation 18 of serve her cup double of what she served to you? How do you serve double what these bastards have served to us? Okay, maybe you need to let that question noodle around, rumble around in your noodle for a little bit, because there's no punishment you could give them on this earth that could even approach filling double what they've done to humanity. Okay. But the one thing we can do is spread this, expose their asses, and put them in the spotlight of truth. And they got no answers. And in fact, when you send in that affidavit and it's received and they can't do one thing about it, haven't they convicted themselves in open common law court? There's no formal court setting, but here's an affidavit, the highest form of truth in law. You're submitting it. You're basically pinning all these crimes on the tail of the donkey that caused them. And they got no response, no rebuttal, no nothing but to stand mute. Isn't that as good as a guilty plea? Well, it is to me. Okay. And I'm sure that it is to them, and I'm sure they know it, too. And that's why I say I guarantee you they're concerned about this. Now, the one ace card they've got is they've done such a good job on stupefying the stupid-ass general dumb public that it's never going to reach a big 
uh, huge uh, percentage of quote unquote democracy. It's not going to be democratized, okay, where there's over 50%. But we don't need 50%. That's the good news. All we need is a small, dedicated uh, a band of men and women who are free and can get this down, and we get a few numbers, and you start pulling yourself out of all of their systems with legal notice and weaponizing the common law that you've now got access to. And it's a different ballgame. Okay, and so uh, that's what we try and do here. As I said, as I've said here many times, this shows for you. It's about your freedom. I got mine many years ago, and by you finding out and going out and getting yours, it just reinforces mine. So that's why we do this here. So welcome, all you guys. I guess Jeff isn't with us today. Him and Wayne are off at some court proceeding that a friend of Wayne's was in. I don't. I think it was a traffic deal, and so I'm glad to see those two getting together there in the DFW area and uh, going out and working together on stuff and uh, so we'll miss jeff and wayne today but i know they're out there doing a good purpose um i am looking very forward to uh, furthering my relationship with andy hitchcock and uh, getting him on board with this where at least he understands it now you know the thing is about andy's show and i don't think he's got any other shows i mean i know he does he's on with david duke once of on a regular basis i'm not sure what the uh what the schedule is but he's on there he's very familiar and tagged in with a lot of the other uh movers and shakers in this movement some people we don't know i don't i know don't have our information and so i gotta figure that a lot of andy's listeners being as that we follow him here on Eurofolk, are fairly familiar with what we do uh we're about six hours difference now, so it's uh, it's late over there uh, uh, in the uh, in the evening. Is it is it late? No, it's still in the afternoon there. So there's probably folks over in on the island over there and in Europe and around the world that just stay tuned. Maybe listen to Andy uh, because of Andy's uh, content and who he is and what he's done. And uh, he's a, he's a very good radio host. I like his style and. Uh, that are familiar with with uh, what we do here, but Andy isn't. And I think him having a police background is going to see this possibly a little more readily than some other people do. And I think it's going to kind of stand him up on his ear when he finds out how simple this is to get out of uh, and how skillfully they have managed to put us in a position where we put ourselves into servitude. Because it's real slick what they've done here. And anybody that hadn't grasped that yet, you need to go back and do a little more studying and understand what's going on. Because what these creeps have pulled off is just, you know, it's just as, as, as I like to say, it's as slick as bus station chili. Okay? And, man, it is. So uh, I know we uh, had a little conversation right before the show. Paget, Paget's joined us again today. Paget, did you get back from taking your kettle off the stove there, girl? Yes, I did, and you'll have to excuse my clock. It's giving a, um, a Christmas carol. Well, it must, it. I, it must be time for you to come on and talk to us. <laughs> yeah, um, okay, so I had a little success story. Um, some of you know I went on Facebook in 2015 because I wanted to awaken all my high school friends who were absolutely asleep about vaccines because on the inserts of vaccines on 13.1 it says that it can cause infertility well it hasn't been proven to not cause infertility or mutagenic meaning um they never tested it to see if it wouldn't change your dna um 
And the other one was cancer. Oh, we haven't tested this to see if it could cause cancer. So I went on Facebook to try and awaken them to what's going on in the world. And also because places like South Africa and Zimbabwe, it's really hard to speak with them or to send any packages or anything because like they don't even have a, 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 a post office anymore in South Africa. It sounds so like, I sounds Facebook. like Ecuador. <laughs> yeah. So I use Facebook to be able to communicate with my family, you know, and um, so that's what Facebook is to me. So when I started being thrown in jail all the time, Facebook jail in um, 2020, I I didn't like that they were preventing me from communicating with my family, but I didn't like that they were telling me that I couldn't tell people the truth. Like, you know, they don't have the truth. Uh, there is no isolated natural virus that's contagious that that just doesn't yeah. even exist and pa- they don't Padgett, have the right i'm going to interrupt you for a second because i want to bring out the biblical connections here okay and you just hit it right on the head and i believe it says the truth is not in them yeah well they definitely had no right to judge what i consider um, truth, like I have an opinion and I have a right to be able to express it and they can have an opinion and have a right to express it too. I'm not telling Facebook they can't go around lying to people. I'm just saying don't don't tell me I can't go around saying my opinion. So I got sick of being thrown in Facebook jail. So I wrote a letter to Zuckerberg basically letting him know I am a national. My um, rights to express myself are constitutionally protected. And, um, you know, you better back off. And I sent him another letter and I also sent him an email just to make sure like he gets it. And I got thrown in jail on December 4th for 90 days. And so for three days, I was kind of thinking about what I'm going to do. And I also I'm taking on the Department of State. I mean, they think it's my mom taking them on, but it's really me. But um, and I can tell you about that story in a minute, too. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what I did to what I just did uh, related to that story. So I was constructing in my mind how I was going to take these people on at Facebook. And um, I, I, I check Facebook all the time. You know, I go and like just anything just to, sh- to to have them show me, oh, you're still in jail for like 89 more days or whatever, you know. <laughs> and So let me get this right. So you go to some other site and you go to hit the like thing and it tells yes. you you can't like somebody because you're still it, in jail for so many days. It tells me. you what your sentence is. <laughs> yes, it takes it away from you. You like something, it takes it away. You try and comment, you try and post, it takes it away. And it takes you to this place that lets you know how many days you have left. And then it even gives you hours. Like, okay, in three hours, you can post. So I did that today, and I'm not in jail. After three days, I'm not in jail. Really? So I was all like, yeah. You got, like, you oh. got, you got paroled? Or did they let you out? <laughs> I got set free. So um, just to let you know, I got in jail on December 4th for something that I posted on October 6th. Um, so I don't know if the algorithm finally like caught, registered caught, it, caught up with you. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, today I am writing my letter anyway, because the next time 
because I really push the envelope, by the way. I go and look for whatever will get me put in jail just to test them because I'm a national and I want to see what they're going to do. But the next time that one of those algorithms throws me in jail, like sometimes you don't even get to post it. You're in the process of posting it and it'll throw you in jail. You're kidding. So you didn't even post it and you get put in jail you're just, just because you were you're, you're writing it and the algorithm is checking what no, you're writing and online? No, it's a meme. It's a meme that someone's already done that's really a really good meme like there's so many really good memes and you want to post them but you know that they've got like this algorithm behind them because they've been they've been labeled already so when you post it you're in the process of posting it and it won't even let you like really good stuff you find on MeWe, and then you want to bring it over to facebook and they won't let you because somebody's already posted it there and they've already like labeled it well so i want to write a letter that's basically like um i am going to request that Facebook pay me $1,000 the next time that I get thrown into Facebook jail just to test it, just to see what happens. Because um, I was about to write a letter about being in jail. Well, I'm already out of jail. So if that happens again, I want to write a letter about them having put me in jail anyway, no matter, no matter how quickly they get me out. You know, because maybe he's starting to do some sort of a thing with my name that if I get put in jail, you've got to get me out because I'm a national. I don't know, but um, I'm going to go after them. So I'm going to still construct my letter today. I don't know if political status would have anything to do with that, with their rules and regulations. And listen, I'm a person. I got to tell you, um, let me give a disclaimer here. I've never once voluntarily in my entire life ever gone to Facebook. So I know nothing about it. I don't want to know anything about it. Okay. I never have that. I'm just not that kind of person. And, uh, uh, there's certain people that just don't adhere to social networking stuff. And that's, I'm one of them, I guess. But anyway, uh, I don't know that they're, what do they, I agree terms and conditions, uh, would go in and have any bearing on political status, but it's an interesting approach and certainly keep us up on whatever may happen with you asserting that. Yeah, they have no right to tell me that I cannot express my opinion. As far as I'm concerned, they have no right. And so no matter what their terms and conditions, and I've even had a, a threatening little warning that they're going to delete my account. If they do that, I'm really going to go after them. But so I'm going to just see. I'm just going to um, play with it because really it's just like people say to me, oh, like in, in Hollywood now, you can, if you, so let's just use Denny's as an example. If you work at Denny's in Hollywood, you do not have to have the toxin. But if you want to come in and sit down and eat there, you have to have the toxin. If you want to come in just to say, oh, hi, we're a party of three. Okay, yeah, we haven't been toxinated. So, yeah, put us out in the patio. That's fine. You're allowed to come in to do that. If you want to say, hey, I need to go to the bathroom, they'll let you walk all the way in the restaurant to the very back to go to the bathroom, and then you can come back out. So they have rules like this um, at McDonald's. You could go into McDonald's, you could order your food and you can leave. But if you want to sit down and eat it, you've got to have been toxinated. So people think that they have a right because these are private businesses, but they don't. They don't have a right to say you've got black skin. You cannot sit at our counter. You're um, gay. You cannot come in and sit at our counter. They do not have a right to do that. So um, Efren and I will be going out soon to some of these places to cause some trouble with him filming me. We'll get around oh, to good, it. But, good. Uh, yeah, we'll challenge He's him. In your, Ephraim's in your posse out there. Yeah, yeah. So I've just been too busy to get out there. I mean, the last time we went looking for the vax mandates, they 
they postponed them. And so I will do it again where I write a whole bunch of my letters to people all over the place, and then I will go. Okay. And so we'll we'll see what happens. Well, uh, you know, as I've said on here so many times, Paget, the the way we really learn here in many instances is by somebody picking up the lariat and throwing it and, and pressing the envelope, which is what you're doing. So we certainly applaud all of your uh, initiatives here. I did try the vaccine control group thing. See, I'm in the vaccine control group thing because. Um, I've always said I'm in the control group, and now I have this little card, and everybody, every single kind of reptile or human or archon alive knows who I am, so it doesn't matter if I'm in this group and if they're they're using it to find people. I'm already found, so I'm in the, the vaccine control group, so I, went, I used Denny's as an example because I went to Denny's, and um, the guy said, well, where's your vaccine card? So I showed him my card, and he goes, what's this? I go, I'm in the control group. You know, there's an experiment going on in humanity with that shot. I'm in the control group. I'm like in 20 years, we're going to see how they do compared to us. Now, isn't there, isn't that a place online? Isn't that a site online? Let's give that out for the audience, if you would, and tell them about it. I think it's Vax Control Group. V-A-X or V-A-X-X or what? Just one X, V-A-X. Okay. Um, if I think of it, I'll I'll go look for it and put it in there. And so you go it. and sign up in the Vax Control Group, and you can yes. you can download or print a little card they've got, which is they send in, it to in, you in place of your in place of your vaccine yeah. passport, quote unquote. They send it to you, and there's a QR code. And so if they punch in, if they do that little light thing to, to the QR code, right, right, it brings up for them that I am an official participant, and it. It gives them all the international code Sorry. about why you can't force me to not whatever. But um, but at any rate, the guy is like, uh, I'm I'm sorry if you don't have the shot, you can't sit in here. And I said, okay, well, I need your address. Okay, okay, okay. Said, give me a shot. I think I'd like some of that good vodka. No, he's, yeah. Huh? He, well, no, they say they say the V word. I just refuse to call it that, even though it is bio warfare, just like all the other V words. But anyway. Um, he 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 gave me the address of the place because I said I have to report you. And he looked at me and I go, I have to report you. I go, every month we have to talk about how our health is. Every month we have to talk about what experiences we had because we're in the control group and we're not being respected. Or if we are being respected, we give a praise to that place. So I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to tell them your address and how bad you were, that you were really naughty because you didn't let me come in. <laughs> And oh, and get this! What was really neat is when I left to go pay, the man in front of me turned around and took my um, my my um, my bill, and he paid for us. No. So it was just the whole experience was just really cool. And isn't I really that to, now that's uplifting right there? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, I do stuff so, like that. So, hold too. it. Well, the guy, when you presented him with the card as your control group, he let you in to eat then, evidently. No, we had to go eat outside. Oh, outside. Okay. Yes. And See, now, in, was, the um, guy that paid, was the guy that paid for you in, in front of you in line, was he sitting outside, too, or was he yes. inside? He was outside. Oh, okay. And he I was, think he, he was another. He was a rebel, too. Maybe. I think he had just decided that he was going to get the person's bill behind them, you know, behind him. Because I do stuff like that, you, or, you know. 
If you're in a if you're in a grocery store, it's better to get the person's bill in front of you, or else you have to wait forever. <laughs> you know. But anyway, it was just really fun. I did not pull the national bit because my daughter was with me, and she doesn't like me making a scene. So um, when I make a oh. scene, I go out purposely to so, do that. This so Paget Paget's daughter is the only one that can control her. Is that what you're telling us? Oh, wait, wait, what? Bradget's daughter is the only one that can control you? <laughs> well, she's, I'm just very respectful of her. My daughter grew up without one single pharmaceutical in her, her whole entire life, yet her Good mother got her through, yeah, her mother got her through public school at um, in Los Angeles County and through college. And it's um, it's been a battle, but we always kept it quiet. And I didn't want to keep it quiet because I was really proud of her. Like, look at my healthy daughter. She's so great. You know, she left home at 17 and she's like an adult and she's on her own. And she's like, yay, you know, kind of thing. Um, she graduated from a four-year college in two years and eight months. And, you know, and then she's like, mom, I really need a break. And then the whole world was locked down. So she finally got a break and she's like, yeah, I get it. I get to relax. But, um, you know, she wants to keep it private that, um, you know, because she's different. She was conceived on purpose. She was born in water. My naked hands were the first contact with humans that she had when I pulled her up out of the water. Um, she did not have one single shot in her, even in college. So this is all through the DTAP psyops, all through the measles psyops. So she had to be quiet. So now what she's told her friends is because they know she hasn't had a shot, you know, especially now where they all have their cards to get in places in Hollywood, but she doesn't. Um, she just tells them, oh, I had an allergic reaction. I can't have vaccines. And so they're like, oh, okay. And they just, they're just nice. And so everyone will, you know, go outside and sit with her outside because she can't get the shot, you know, <laughs> but she's just private. Very good. So, yeah. So, now, do you want to know about my mom? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, let's that? embark on that, but let's give the audience, without just diving into it, let's give them a little background because I haven't really talked about it on the air, of course. Right. Uh, and uh, so, uh, Padgett, you want me to do it or you want to do it? Um, I can do it. All right. Um, okay, so my mom was born in South Africa. And three of her children were born in other places, one in England, two in Australia. My brother and I, the two who were born in Australia, sent in affidavits and um, became U.S. nationals. Uh, I have absolutely no proof that I'm a U.S. national, meaning I haven't had my passport uh, card run in the past system. But, you know, whatever. And um, uh, But I found that I actually somehow made a mistake with the affidavit that I gave my mom and my brother. It's very different to the one that I sent in. But... My brother sent it in, and he became a national. In fact, they even sent him a, a letter that said, "Well, we can't give you, a, we can't give a U.S. national a passport card if you've already got one." So they even mentioned about him being a U.S. national because he had lost his other passport card. So he had to fill out a special form saying, "No, I've okay. really lost it." Right. Okay. You know? yep. So he has that that letter from them though that says. U.S. national in relationship to him. How so that wonderful. Was really cool. It's very yeah. cool. Well, and now, that settles a question for me because if we go forward, the audience will find out. You had told me as this happened that there was some kind of a mistake on there. So evidently it wasn't as egregious to not stop them from recognizing right. his statement. But go ahead. We'll right. get to that in a minute. Yeah, we'll get the, the affidavit cart is, before is the all wrong. Here. 
the affidavit is all wrong, but it does at least say about not being under the 14th Amendment. So it's right enough. And it worked for my brother. So it's all good. Um, but and, and to let you know, I went and became a national on August 23rd, about um, like around September 3rd. My mom went in and handed in her affidavit and everything. And then it was about two weeks after that, that my brother went in. So here he is with his passport book and card and things are just not happening for my mom at all. So we received phone calls and other things where they wanted to say that she was naturalized. So therefore she couldn't be a, um, a national. And they were saying things like, you know, there is no such thing as a national passport and just all this kind of stuff. And um, when I was I had the lady on the phone and I'm like, look, I, I want your email. I want to send you what's at your travel.gov right now so that you can look at it while we're talking about it. And she's what, like, oh, what, my what, email's not working. What Paget's talking about is because uh, she called into the show right when that phone call came in mm-hmm. and we redirected to the to the gal who wouldn't answer the phone initially i guess she had to use a different phone uh the uh certificate of non-citizen nationality where it says all u.s citizens are u.s nationals right there on their own policy statement so that's what she's alluding to here yeah Roger? So- uh, hold, hold on hold on a minute a second paget yeah samuel yeah paget's clipping every once in a while for, not here not yeah. here not here she loud and clear okay on, okay it might be on your end Man, right. AI is not wanting you to hear what I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> She's wall to wall, Samuel, here on the board. So go ahead, Paget. Okay, so I wrote, um, uh, there were a whole bunch of letters that went back and forth, and I'll put the link in the chat so that you can read them if you want to, because I did upload them yesterday. I decided this is such an adventure. I'm going to let the world in on it. Um, but basically, uh, we let the Department of State know, like, I, I am a U.S. national, because you're holding my affidavit in your hand kind of thing. Um, anyway, they sent us a letter that said, okay, well, we're sorry. Um, you can't be a non-citizen because you just gave us all your citizen evidence. And it, it was like so stupid. She's I'm going not, on and on. Oh, wow. Uh, it, yeah, about this t- I can't understand why they're going to these links with your mother, because in all the years I've been doing this, this has never happened with one, any other person. Ever. Well, we think it's because she's a South African. Well, I think that might almost has got to be it with their penis yeah. erectus that they've got for South Africa. There may even be something else. You know, there's there's so much we don't know. So um, if we just bring it to a human level, let's just say, what if, you know, the Rhodes energy is what owns South Africa, but the but the Rockefeller energy owns the United States and Australia. And so because they're in the same, you know, jurisdiction of that evil compared to the other evil, that's why there's a conflict. I mean, we just don't know. But I do know that when we all became legal, uh, when we got our green cards, there were four applications all given at the same time, but my mom's mysteriously disappeared immediately. There was no record no. that my mom ever asked for the green card. No. It, it disappeared. Three of us got green cards and hers, when she called and she's like, where's mine? They're like, you never applied. So somebody who opened up that envelope threw her information away. That's the only explanation. Wow. Yeah. 
So, I mean, well, she got to get it back to them because my mom is an international tennis player and she was about to leave in, I think it was 1987, to go to, um, you know, Austria or something to represent the United States. And all of a sudden, the United States Tennis Association decided that no one who is not a citizen could represent America. Okay. So, my mom had her, her airline ticket in her hand, you know, because back in those days, you actually had this airline ticket in your hand. And so, she had friends help her. This judge adjourned his court, brought her into the court, swore her in, made her an American citizen. They made whatever phone calls needed to be made. She went to the place that wasn't too far away, and they handed her her passport. It was hot from the press. And then she got to fly like the next day to go represent America. So she got the most special swearing in of anyone in my family. And yet she's a South African. (laughs) But anyway. But anyway, so we are fighting the Department of State right now. So um, this lady's all like, so I'm sorry, we're not going to refund. You're not going to get the passport and all this stuff because your mom is clearly a citizen. Like basically that's what the letter said. So, um, so we wrote her another letter and sent all of the, the past, you know, correspondences since she obviously didn't read them. But then what I did yesterday is we included, I I have no idea if this is the right person or not, but I, I went to the inspector general. There is no inspector general for the United States. It's an acting inspector general. It's the deputy. So um, her name is Shaw. So I sent her everything. But I said to my mom, well, this is this is a court for a national that what you do through. Well, the here, OK, here's what here's what the, I wish you to coordinate it with me a little bit. I might could have helped you with this ba- with this volley back and forth. I mean, your mom is a tennis player after all. No, right? You did help me. Uh, you did help me, Roger. You well, helped me with a lot of well, this is this is the, the phrase that I if you get correspondence from them again. Yeah. The you went straight to the inspector general, okay? Yeah. Well, what the 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 response to this person you're dealing with at state in the, I assume the passport division or just the state department period? Um it's it's passport and her name is McHugh. Okay. M-C-H. I would ask the question you want to ask her is who do I contact to start my administrative appeals process? Yeah, we've been saying that all along. We say that every single time, okay, okay. and they just and ignore it and ignore it and ignore it. And they I, won't give I, you. They won't give you a contact to take your administrative nope, appeals. Nope. And um, okay. I said to her, I I think I said to her that I keep asking about what's the next level or whatever. But um, but I will I will write that sentence down the way you said it um, in the next in the next thing. Mm-hmm. But who do with, I contact? To start the administrative appeal process. Okay. okay? And uh, the reason I, I, for it is, remember, you're dealing with a court of a court of record. Even though it's the State Department, it's the administrative state. And they're a court of record. And the reason I say that is because everything they're sending you and anything you reply back to them has got to be put in your mom's administrative folder. Yes. And that makes it a court of record, okay? Now, should you really want to play hardball with these bastards, if you went and tried to file suit right now in district court out there on this, okay, they would tell you, more than likely, you can't file that because you haven't exhausted your administrative appeals. Well, now they're not letting you and telling you where to go for the administrative appeals. 
okay so they're directly cutting you off from the administrative process it sounds like to me and that should be it seems at least it'd be some sort of an egregious roadblock okay yep well i'm hoping that shaw the lady who i wrote to yesterday will see because i'm giving her the history i'm giving her all of the papers so she'll see how many times we've asked for to exhaust our administrative um, remedies but um but what i had my mom do because i go okay we're nationals so we don't step foot in their de facto court this is the court the post so um you know everyone out there i don't know if you know but i um i use the judicial district when i send letters so that's the signature so it's my mom's signature and not a stamp and um, I send them certified with a green card, all of it. Uh, it doesn't cost me anything, but the, it would have cost me about $7. But um, anyway, um, inside the letter, on the back of the letter that my mom wrote to Shaw, I had her use one of the stickers that we use up in the right-hand corner of an of a envelope where it says, On Her Majesty's Service. And I had my mom sign it in red, and I had her date it in blue. The way that they like the date, which is six capital D E C and then 2021. And on the back of every single paper that we sent to them, I had my mom sign her name in red. I don't know what that, if that's going to work or not, because I've read what people say about red, but I'm, I, I'm, we just did it in red on the back of every single paper. And, um, we asked for our envelope to be put in the administrative file too, not just the letter and every every single thing in this packet. But anyway, I also had my mom freedom of information request the Department of State yesterday in the same manner where on the back of our letter, we did it with that sticker and signed it and dated it. And then, um, you know, so, and I let the lady Shaw know that we freedom of information requested them because I have heard that it takes people forever and they never hear. And that's true. I have freedom of information request the health department all the time and I never hear anything. So, um, you know, we know that they don't answer people. So we're going to see, we're going to see what happens, but I'll have, I'll have something ready to go into. Well, remember that the FOIA freedom of information act request is a very powerful document. Uh, and if you don't believe that, look at what Tom Fitton with judicial watch has been able to uncover using it. And that's just almost all they use is FOIA requests because in that, once again, it goes back to, I think the uh, it came after Watergate, all this FOIA stuff, and each agency has a FOIA director that you contact and ask whatever you want, and they've got so many days that they've got uh, there to respond right. to you. And now if they don't respond to you, and the way Tom Fitton has been so successful is they take them to court. See, I don't want to step into a court. I really don't want to, but um, I'm trying to figure it out in my own little way. So with my freedom of information requests that I did on L.A. County Health Department, California Health Department and the United States of America Health Department, and they are well over their 20 days. My next step with them is that I I wrote a letter um, to that lady, um, the Omni, Omni, not Omnibus, but something like that. Right, 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 Um, right. Who's in charge of all that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've brought her into it and I'll give her about three weeks. And if she doesn't um, reply, then I I'll go on to my next plan because I am going after them. Well, don't forget it. You can take them to in your state endeavors there in, uh, uh, California. Uh, you can actually take them to, you can take them to state court and state courts have to recognize common law because all property, all property law is state law with the exception of your status 
That's the only federal property law uh, that applies. Okay, is you. Okay, so I'll, I'll keep that. I'll keep that in mind. Now, I, I think and, and this is an area. Let me just let me just pause for a second here because it's worth uh-huh. exploring a bit. Uh, on the federal court side, we know from their own policy statement that both statuses are equal. Okay. So there's, and we've never had any nationals go in and take cases to court, okay, to my knowledge. And this is one of those areas we just don't have all the concrete answers for because nobody's ever pressed the envelope, quite frankly, okay? But they can't tell you you can't go in there because you're on a co-equal status to the people that can go in there, Okay. So they can't exclude you from that process. But yet, on the other hand, according to that 40s case, Erie Railroad versus Tompkins, there is no more federal common law. And the common law just resides, if you don't mind that I use that word, in the states. And the reason for that is because all property law is state law. Okay, so this is an area if you want to talk about pursuing this and holding somebody's feet to the fire. I don't know that I can give you a lot of guidance for for if you want to do that pageant. Doesn't sound like you need too much guidance anyway, but uh, it's just an area we don't have a lot of expertise in. But I think you could probably get some remedy there because those laws, they respect them. I mean, look what Tom Tom Fitton has gotten some incredibly, incredibly damning documents out of the courts in this FOIA request that they wouldn't honor yeah i mean it's nice to have that as my fail safe i'll do that later if okay, I well, just know it's back there and if you need you know if you if you want to choose to go down that path i mean myself and whoever else has uh, got some expertise in that area be more than happy to help and, and advise you as best we can it being a if you will quote unquote a virgin area for us yeah, I'm going to exhaust the idea of m- the envelope and the what's inside the envelope being the court first. Yeah. Um, I really feel it's powerful that my signature gets canceled by the post office. I, I really feel there's power there. And um, so I'm going to well, see. Well, it's an acknowledgement of some sort. Yeah. Well, the attorney general is going to be in on the next round that I do with the health department. And I am also going to demand that all of these people, all these directors stand down. That's going to be one of my, my one of my things, too, because they obviously are inept. You know, they can't even. Uh, oh, uh, by the way, I'm also going after L.A. City Council. So that's like Mayor Garcetti, Mayor Garcia from Long Beach. Um a councilwoman, I forget her name. Um, she's in the LA County too. The others that are on the team, I couldn't go after them because I'm already going after them for other things. So, <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you a question here, Patrick, for a second. Dawn, yeah. is Dawn our new student with us today? Okay, evidently not. We got a new person, yeah, a I'm new here. female. Oh, you, Dawn, I'm you're there. Hello, Dawn. <laughs> hey, d- hey, Dawn, meet Pageant. Hey, Pageant. Hi. How you doing? Very well. You're I both. Mean, uh, you're, yeah, she's in L.A. too. So I just wanted you two to uh, know that each other's out there, and you may want to uh, get in hold of her, Don. Don's relatively my, new. Yeah, I'll put my email in the chat. But when I when I stop talking, which may be at the end of the program. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm almost out of things. Oh, okay, okay. Because I haven't heard from anybody. I mean, I I've um, this is what I did with Mayor Garcia and Mayor 
uh, Mayor um, Garcetti and all those guys. I basically said to them, oh, since you, you know, implemented the safe pass for L.A., then you must have this information at your fingertips, which is the proof that there is a natural contagious virus. You, I mean, it just must be right there at your fingertips. So I want to see it, you know. I mean, I, I did it officially. I did the Freedom of Information request. And their time is almost up, and I'm almost um, ready to go after them with the second step. But, you know, because I, I think that they're just pathetic, absolutely pathetic. They're losing. They're getting exposed in every every vector right now. Well, I can tell you, I mean, a lot of people here in L.A. County who I still talk to, they're still covering this nostril, this nostril, and that mouth, which I just think is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I guess we are seeing more people than ever with a bare face, like every now and then we see one. Uh, it's still very, very rare, though. I'm, I'm still absolutely shocked over it. Yeah, um, me too. I went into U-Haul the other day because I was helping someone move, and the guy saw us, and he put his mask on. I said, I said, take that off. Please, just take that off. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm starting to get, like, hostile. I just can't take it anymore. I'm like, take that off. He was like, okay, okay. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, I'm sorry. I go, do you really believe that there's something floating around in the air? Are you really afraid? Do you really want to wear it? And he's like, no. And I'm like, okay, great. Just keep it off. <laughs> What's the temperature? What's the average daily temperature in L.A. this time of year? Gosh, yesterday it was pretty cold and it rained this morning. Um, but it's been hot. I mean, not hot, hot. I mean, you know, the the the, the plain fact of the matter is, this damn virus can't even live in, th- in I think, above seventy degrees. It ab- the temperature absolutely demolishes it. But these dumb sheep can't even put that basic a logic and a creative thinking and connect no. those two dots. And the virus can't even live. But I want to tell you something that's pretty interesting. My mom drove past this stand the other day. It, it was a guy selling shirts that say, let's go, Brandon. And there was a huge <laughs> line. A huge there's a, line. There's a store that opened up called the Let's Go Brandon store. This is, and, and so my mom turned around and pulled over and went over and talked to him. And he said, yeah, this, this is great. All these people regret their vote. Not that their vote mattered because they had their plan anyway. But yeah, you know, right. Like it would have I mean, mattered. Yeah, but um, but they regret their vote. So that's at least a start. I mean, maybe they'll start realizing that you actually don't want to cover this nostril, this nostril, and that mouth simultaneously. You know, maybe you can kind start maybe. figuring that out. Hopefully. You know, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. don't don't oh, and I, don't I, give I, them too much credit though. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't tell you on on the way to um, Nashville, it was pretty cool um, because I just um, hung the mask from my ear once I got away from everyone with weapons. But um, (laughs) on the the way back, there is no pass system in um, Nashville airport, they said. So the people were just really nice. It was real quick. Um, But. I got told three times to cover this nostril, this nostril, and this mouth simultaneously as soon as I got on the plane at Nashville. Three times before we took off. Then once we took off, you could tell these people were so sick of talking to me because I brought Cheez-Its in, and I just had them sitting there, and I had a drink. And so I was not going to wear this stupid thing. And 
So they kept saying over the intercom. What, what did you, uh, you did you have huh? a cheese at every hundred and fifty miles? Did you eat one? Only, only when they walked past. <laughs> But, but yes, I've never eaten so much or, or drunk so much. Yeah. So every single time um, they would get on the intercom because they got sick of talking to me. So they're like, you made a promise when you bought your ticket. You made a promise that you would protect other people and wear a mask. And then a little later, they'd come on and say, you know, we could have police waiting in Phoenix if you don't follow this mandate. And then a little later, they'd go... Just because you're chewing doesn't mean you can't have your mask up. You know, it was like, they wouldn't stop. They were saying this over the intercom of the airplane? Yes, the whole flight from Nashville to Phoenix. So I wrote three letters to people in Southwest. And I said, you know, first of all, and no, I never heard back from you. Badget, how much extra time do you have on your hand after writing all these people? I don't know how I ever worked. And for those of you who don't know me, I had to leave LAUSD because I refused to cover this nostril, this nostril, and this mouth. I told them it's against my religion to wear a mask. And they didn't care. Anyway, so I had to leave. I would have had to leave anyway because of, um, you know, what's that thing that they started doing, like bashing on white people, that thing, critical race theory. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have left because of that. I would have left because I'm not getting a shot. You know, I mean, I wouldn't have left. I would have made them fire me. But um, but anyway, so I am retired. So that is why I have so much time to take on, you know, the agents of the government full time. But anyway, so I wrote three letters to Southwest and I said to them, you know, first of all, you need to get your uh, flight attendants trained a little better. Is this a mandate? Is it a recommendation? Is it an executive order? Like, you need to be clear. And whatever it is, give the code. You know, that's what your flight attendants need to do. And then... This um, is like back to the old income tax days. Where's the law? Where's the law? Yeah, yeah. But so um, then I said to him, you know, also, I got very abused because I am a U.S. national and none of them would look at my affidavit that I had with me. None of them would run my passport card. None of them would whatever. And I said, you know, if you just teach Southwest Airlines about nationals so that we could walk up and say, I'm a national, leave me alone. we could tell all our friends and all the nationals would want to fly Southwest Airlines because you guys are so educated. And I said, U.S. citizens are not going to think to come up and announce that they are a U.S. national. They won't even know anything about it. So it would be really cool, but I've never heard back from them. Paget, did you, when you flew, took this trip over there to Nashville and back, did you present at the check-in, did you present your passport card as ID? Yes, but they don't, they don't have a pass system anywhere. Oh, they don't have it. Okay. They no. did, they did the at LAX, but they don't, didn't in Nashville. Oh. Well, I don't know. Um, All I know is a TSA lady at um, Nashville told me that because one of the TSA's ladies was like, what? What's that? I don't even know what that is. And I tried to explain to her stuff. So she called this girl over and the girl came over and she said, yeah, I've heard about that. um, United and JetBlue at LAX have it. That's what she said. Uh Uh-huh. So I don't know. But um, I've written to Homeland Security, and I've asked them to please make sure the pass system is everywhere. For and, and this may be a little ammunition for the future for you or for others that are in an airport that don't have access to this system. Why don't you go ahead and tell them that you're a diplomatic courier? Yeah, but they don't. They didn't listen. They didn't care. They didn't care about anything I said. I said. I said everything. I tried everything. Uh huh. 
So um, I'll do it a little differently next time because I just wanted to test. My my only goal with this trip was the pass card. Right. Pass system. That was my only goal. For those, for the people, Don is new here. So let me just go back and give this story. I had a, the first naturalized person that we had go through was a, a naturalized uh, Mexican American who had crossed over into the U.S. when he was young. He naturalized young. Uh, he served in the military. Was retired. All that. He's married. His wife called in, heard what we're doing, and wanted to ask me questions because they wanted to apply. Him being the first naturalized person we'd had to do this, I was very anxious to help her and i believe her name was victoria in the dallas uh, fort worth area and uh, she called in i said why don't you call into the show so everybody can learn as i'm prone to do and uh we did a whole two hours with victoria she wrote all the paperwork they submitted it they got passport cards and books and then that christmas they went to la where he was from and they must have driven a car out because for some reason they only took one a flight one way back okay and she contacted us and told us this story and uh at lax they went up and they presented their passport card to board you know at the at the check-in deal and the guy said we'll go over there to that line uh and you know where you take your belt off and your shoes and everything and she said roger he came running and that was her exact word she said he came running over and grabbed us and said i put you in the wrong line i put you in the wrong line and came over and switched them to the express line they went right through now there was nothing ever said but that notation of him going back and seeing their status on the passport cards they used to check in at the airport has to be one of the only things that could have caused that Okay, And it was shortly thereafter we had a guy, this is when Skype a couple of years ago made their big worldwide change, and we used to use Skype to do this to the show. And uh, an IT called, guy called into the show. He said, get, let's trade emails. I'm an IT guy. I think I can help you with what you're trying to get accomplished, figuring Skype out, you know, after Bill Gates got all vaccinated it. And uh, so that night when, when I got a hold of him, and I was expecting to talk to him about technical stuff, so my, I, my, I was off guard a bit. And and the first thing he said is he said, I've got a paperwork on file with the secretary. Now, we, we didn't know anywhere near what we know about that now. but And I didn't ask him whose paperwork it is. <coughs> now we understand it doesn't really matter as long as you rebut the presumption or make your choice. But uh, anyway, he said, I'm an IT guy. I work for about, I think he said, 15 different agencies. And he said, I don't have a top secret clearance, but I have friends that do. And because I've got paperwork on file, one of my buddies ran my profile and came back and told me that I was listed as a diplomatic courier. That's where we got that information. And I'm sure it's probably correct, simply because shortly after that, Victoria's story came back to us. And the other thing is, is I know these guys have gone to great lengths to hide these this status even setting up a whole new third political status of american samoans to hide it behind and naming them the same thing and all the subterfuge that we know from our discussions and studies what they've done to hide it okay well they're not going to have in the back that all the government bureaucrats see a little uh, a, a section over there that says uh-oh paget caught us hiding the national and she's a national they're going to have to hide it somewhere on those in those categories and so it seems logical because a diplomatic courier would have basically the privileges and immunities of a state citizen their hands off okay and you can go back and put state department diplomatic couriers in a search engine and come up with 
quite a history because it started about over 100 years ago when they started having them okay others when we came out with the, a list of the numerical designations internally used by the state department on different documents i think it was Paget that found one of them it's not oh nine is the common one there's another one that somebody said oh i don't have oh nine they didn't take my affidavit well the other one's listed as an ambassador at large Okay, so there's several of these categories that you could fall under where they could hide you and not even have to tell the bureaucrats, oh, here's another political status and this person caught us. Okay, so uh, I just lay that out there as background for some of the new folks that may not have heard those stories and that implication, but that's kind of what we're around going around the mulberry bush here with pageant on this situation right there of them not recognizing it and you coming back in again and asserting your rights by being a little bit aggressive. Okay. Yeah. And I wrote all my letters to everybody, you know, to the Long Beach chief and the attorney general and the everybody you know telling them about how badly i was treated at long beach and that they didn't do their job of informing you know notice to the this is notice to the principal you know they they never like told their people below uh -huh. them yeah no about me. lack of communication lack of yeah. effective agency communication yeah and so then when i got back and i wrote my letters to southwest i also wrote one to biden and i started it you know <laughs> i started it dear biden and handlers and i got rid of the and handlers and then i got rid of the deer and i just said Mr. <laughs> i go if you insist on tyrannical words on paper even if you actually follow correct procedure by publishing your executive orders in the federal register then please put into place the pass system for u.s nationals to pass freely through your bar barricades i want to bring your attention to title 8 u.s code section 1503 it says quote denial of rights and privileges as national unquote just to inform you that we are here and that we have rights that should be not be denied. No average citizen will claim to be a national when they are not because they do not know about it. Make sure workers have a way to admit those who are not under your authority and restrictions. Thank you. A copy of this letter has been sent to the Department of State for my administrative file. Bright day thoughts, Paget. Um, next time, next time you write one of those letters, I want you to address it to Jew. It may concern. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Exactly. Um, but, well, I don't, I think he's AI. I don't even, I don't even know if he's a human. But anyway, um, um, that code that I read is actually no big deal. All it says is something like a judge, um, will, will tell them, yeah, this person's a national or something. Like it's, it's an all smoke and mirrors. It doesn't, ma of it doesn't matter what the judge says. It matters what you say. No, but that's I mean, the beauty um, of it, you know, but, but it can't hurt thing, to throw that in there as a little official right. Because the stamp. whole funny thing is there's actually a code out there like this that says um, about being a national. Like, it's just funny. It's just so it's kind of nonsensical legislation because it doesn't really do anything. But I told him about it anyway, because I'm good. sure he doesn't know anything. Oh, good. I'm sure you, you tell him about a whole bunch of stuff. Let me just stop you for a second. Uh -huh. I want to poll the audience on the board here because there's probably some people that may have a question they'd like to query you about or a comment. So if anybody's got a question or anything for pageant on what we've discussed up to this point, we'd like to hear it. And that's Samuel from Northern California. Hey, Samuel. 
Hi. Hey, Paget. Concerning your mother and why they might be singling her out, do you know if she has any Boer an- ancestry? No, um, I don't think so because every single generation has come from somewhere else. For example, my daughter was born in America. I was born in Australia. My mom was born in South Africa. Her mom was born in England. Her mom was born in New Zealand. Her mom was born in Ireland. It goes on and on. So I don't think so. <laughs> and her dad was born in Canada. You know, I uh, my my uh, my grandfather moved there because he got. Um, he he was a very brilliant civil engineer, and so he he got um, sta- he got he got a job opportunity to go there. So I don't I don't think so. I really well, hope they, that we can get to the bottom of why they're denying this and why they're so vehement about it, because there's something real unusual about this. Well, That's according uh, according to experts about Boer ancestry, this thing is very well covered up. They hate them so much. Oh, they do. That they 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 even well they sort of holocausted them you know well that's where the con- uh, idea of concentration camps came from was the the Brits doing it on the Boers sure well it's quite possible that they think my mom has ties with that you know like they just see South Africa and automatically make their conclusions you know um, th- that's quite possible I did use the word discrimination in several letters. So we're going to see what happens. Well, there's no doubt they're discriminating against her, especially with the story that you told us today that I wasn't aware of where she, because of that situation of going to represent the country, had to be pulled aside and go through a special naturalization process, even though no. evidently she'd already been naturalized. No, no, uh, no. Um, that was actually a very special thing. No, um, when she got her green card, they um, they made it disappear. So she w- she had to go through. Okay, a so green much. card is a legal resident, not a citizen yeah. of the United States. Right, right. And to get that, to get a to get that green card, she went through so much to get that. I mean, I, I don't even remember and, and all the she, ins and outs of it. Uh, you but, can't get a passport as a legal re- as a, a, a resident no. alien. You're not you know, qualified so she, for citizenship as a as a as a resident alien. Okay. So she got she got the green card eventually. She got the green card finally. It's just that it took forever, and she we had to jump through a lot of hoop, hoops and stuff. And somebody definitely got rid of her application that very first time. Then later on, so she's traveling around the world representing the United States of America with a green card. Then. They, the United States Tennis Association went and changed the rule that you have to be a United States citizen. Well, there was somebody on the United States um, Tennis Association who had uh, ties in high places, like a judge, huh. and made arrangements. So this is very special. Made arrangements for my mom to be sworn in, made an American, and given a United States Naturalized. Passport. Naturalized. Yeah. She got naturalized very fast. Yeah. So... Okay. Whereas everyone else, it usually else takes about. I think it takes about seven years. Well, I mean, I don't know about how many years she was traveling on a green card. It was at least ten, I would think, or, or at least eight. Um, but all, all, all I'm saying about that is that was very special because when we, we when um, my brother, my dad, and when I got sworn in as citizens, all ten years apart from each other, uh, we were in a cattle call. They were like. Hundreds of people there. 
Mm-hmm. You know, yep. it was there was nothing special about it at right. all. But for right. my mom, it was great. But right. that was because of her status as a tennis pro. Okay, well, what be that as it may, she was sworn in and given a passport through a judge in this special situation, uh, and yeah. that means that as a citizen of the United States, she's also a U.S. national, and they can't deny yes. that. That's their no. own damn policy and their well, own yeah. laws. Yep, they can't. And so that's why I'm having an awful lot of fun because this is just right up my alley. You I had are, to you're... actually look up I had to actually look up how could a US citizen get deported? Like what would make them get deported? I had to actually research that because I wanted to make sure I wasn't getting my mom in any trouble. <laughs> and and what'd you find? Oh well you have to actually do like treason and stuff. Like yeah, you that's have what I was to actually say. You have to do bad guy kind of stuff. Well, if but it's treason, know. if it's treason is worse than deporting you, they can kill you. Right. I mean, yeah. I and I'm hoping I'm not putting a, a letter on her back, you know. Cause, no, you're not. Uh, on her she back, hadn't but, done anything. No, no. All but, she's trying to do is assert her rights and God-given rights to uh, to uh, be uh, uh, under the laws of God like she wants to be, and it's her choice, not theirs. What they're showing you, right. her and everybody else is that they're tyrants because something's wrong here. And, I mean, we know they're tyrants because they made things like the Patriot Act. And you have to be a national to be safe from that. So, oh, and the other thing is my mom never made a photocopy of her affidavit. But but this is funny because there were about four people who I said, okay, this is what you do. And the last thing I say is you make a copy of it. But no one ever remembers that. So I actually had phone calls from two people who were driving to become nationals and they're saying all this stuff. And I'm like, and you got your, you got your affidavit photocopied, right? And they're like, no. And so they had to pull off the road and go and get it uh, copied. So it's a very common thing that people just don't. Instead of telling them last, tell them that first. Everything you're going to tell you, make copies of it. I think okay. it's just that now I've learned that we have to, I have to say to them, before you go to your appointment, call me and let's go through the checklist. You okay, know, because good deal. Yeah. I think I forgot too. Yeah. My, I was on the phone, I was on this Zoom with you or this Jitsi with you on August 17th. And then two days later, I went to become a national. They canceled the appointment because something happened. If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have had it photocopied either. Um, but it now- was when- Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I don't want to interrupt well, you, I but I want to say, I well, this is the problem and the conundrum I had with pursuing this any further of just going, well, we're not you. We can't uh, we can't reimburse you your passport money that you paid us. OK, that's really the big bone of contention right there, honestly, because she yeah. can apply again. OK, but because we don't have a copy of what she submitted, I, you don't know what's on there. So no, I was going to ask. Okay. You In got my computer. Okay. I know what she said. Oh, you have a copy then. I just don't have the. the um, you don't have the, the copy of the paper, but you signed. have a copy of what the information that was on the paper that was right. sent in. Okay. It was exactly the same as what my brother said. Correct. So in one of, I'm going to put the link in the, in the chat soon so you can go and look through all the letters if you want, you guys. But um, the, uh, the one thing that she said is. I said the exact same thing as my son, and he's a U.S. national, but I'm not. He right. was born in Australia. I was born in South well, Africa. Are you discriminating against me? Well, that's the question. See, I, I, I was going to let, as I told you, when we oh, I haven't brought this out on the air, so this is new to the audience. Okay, You and I know about it, but we were co- communicating there after the 
after the uh, event you were at. Okay, we hadn't heard from you, so I didn't know. But what I told Paget was when they get sent back this the second time this refusal, I said, "Well, look, what I have found in all of my dealings over all these years is when something comes like that, kind of kicks you in the groin a little bit." Okay, and rather than on the heat of the moment turn around and fire them something back, I like I've learned uh, to wait a few days and just let the dust settle because you got a number of days before anybody's got to respond to any of that kind of stuff in the volley back and forth and so what i find is if you wait a little while sometimes you'll get an answer that you wouldn't have had uh, if you'd done it immediately so that's why i encouraged you to do that but my question was because we i didn't know the whole story that you did have a copy of what was sent in uh if you want to hold their feet to the fire with a letter such as are you an open tyrant or is this just blatant discrimination to you to you it may concern is this open tyranny or 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 just simply yeah. discrimination of the highest order and started out that way because they've lost both ways well i put it i put the link in the chat to what i published which was um all um the correspondence that i have um so you know people who are here can go and look at it and maybe i could send you the link if you want to put it with this you know on Cast yeah, Roger. if you want to shoot that to me in an email, I can post that at the end of today's show description for the people in the audience or listening in the archives. And I'd okay. like to do that. And I've got another post I'm going to put in there. Hold on, Samuel. I'm going to get to you. Of David Dodge, I believe is the guy's name. Does that ring a bell with anybody, David Dodge? He's the guy that pioneered the missing 13th Amendment. I've got an hour-long interview with him that Jeff found over on Jeff Rents. And I was well, just listening to it this morning, and I'll post that today, too. Pretty interesting information. So, Samuel? Yeah, I got a question, Roger. I thought when we do our major documents, we're supposed to have um, notarized originals made so that we're never... Well... So you're clipping, so it's on your end because we just lost you. Uh, first of all, it doesn't have to be an affidavit. It doesn't have to be notarized. Okay, It says in the passport you can attach documentation, comma, including affidavits. We always try and stress getting it notarized because it puts your affidavit or your declaration in a very special category. Okay, and that is that to overcome whatever you've said, they have to generate another affidavit properly done, properly formed, all that stuff, notarized, rebutting your information. Okay, so it puts it at a different pinnacle than just a declaration, even though a declaration will work. Okay. Yeah, and my mom's was signed two people signed it Mine oh, she was, was witnessed it was witnessed by two people witnessed. my which brother's is, was notarized which is as good as a notary two witnesses and, as good as a notary yeah and a friend's was uh witnessed by two nationals actually samuel but, are you back yet are you back yet have we got you back yet now he's got some kind of connection problem out there but I would say, yeah, we're probably supposed to, like, you know, photocopy our originals and have them. Well, you should. Sure. Well, you should, because if you're going to use it, especially to put any up any of the other agencies or IRS or anybody on notice, you want to use the one that you've already sent to them, if for and no other reason. 
my mom wasn't going to put anybody on notice. All she wanted that passport card for is because she's an international tennis player and she didn't want to get stopped anywhere. Like, where's your shot? Have you had the shot? You know, she didn't want anything like that. That's all. She wasn't going to, she's retired. She wasn't going to put anybody um, on notice. And I think that's why it got forgotten. But with those other people I was telling you about when they were driving and they forgot. So it's just a thing. It's just, it's something we forget. I yeah. forgot on yeah. that very first well, time. Well, that's understandable. But, you know. But that was my trepidation because I didn't know that we had the information that was in, included in what she sent in. Okay. Now okay. that I know we've got that, now we can, and I'm sure all you need to do is rebut the presumption. Doesn't really matter. Impropria, persona, sui juris, all that stuff doesn't make a damn bit of difference. All you have to do is either rebut the presumption or tell them what you are. Okay, one of those two things, and either way, either one of them work fine. All right, now we understand that. I didn't understand that a few years ago. All right, but now if they don't, uh, if they don't want to come off of the next step in the administrative remedy process, and they still insist on trying to say no here, I say we burn their asses, Pageant. And I'd love to help you on constructing that letter if it gets to that. Okay. Okay. Because well, I really, um, I, 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 I love to have the venom comes out in me in those situations. Well, I've sent you the link. Um, so you can read the correspondences that have gone back and forth. The one from them to me, the only thing I could do is screenshot it. So it's a little difficult to read. Yeah. But the most important sentence there, I, I typed. I let people see it. Okay. You know, okay. Uh, about being, uh, she said something like a U.S. She, your mom proved she's a U.S. citizen, so therefore she's not a non-citizen or something. It was no, like no, so, she's right. She's right. You're I not. Mean, I know. A, she, what she's saying is she's coming back and using the American Samoan yeah. terminology. She's and not a non-citizen that. national. You're right. Yeah. I'm not. I've never been. I've never played tennis yeah. in American Samoa. It's not big enough for a tennis court. And we already sent a letter saying I'm not identifying as a non-citizen Samoan. Like we already like said it. Well, they've been caught red-handed. So just keep us in the loop on how this progresses because it's real interesting. And in all these years, it's the only one of these situations like this that's ever come up, ever. So congratulations on being so unique. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yes, it is. Well, it certainly makes for entertaining shows. (laughs) <laughs> let's see if anybody else wants to question you about anything or has any comments so uh if anybody out there has got something to ask or say now's your time come forward and get in the spotlight please and also if you read those letters and you think of something that i can say shoot me an email and tell me like to add it to my next letter so nobody's got any comments on that well, Don, I think you can see that uh, Paget might be somebody you might want to cross paths with out there in, in the L.A. area. Yes, I'm just getting her email right now. Okay. <laughs> I had something to say about Brent, the uh, Facebook. M- Mr. Brent, come on forward there, big guy. Hey, hey, Paget. Um, Hi. I, I guess um, I have a black gorithm going on with Facebook in that um instead of an algorithm but um they um they let my stuff go all the time and uh jim ram will go and copy my stuff and pass it around and he'll go to jail 
Yeah, I've that's happened too, where I've taken something from someone's a post, like they have it on Facebook jail, and then I go to jail. Yeah. So yes, they are they're <coughs> definitely targeting certain people. <coughs> yep. But you know, if anyone has anything that they you know fear going to jail over or don't want to pass it through me, I'll stick it up there. <laughs> well, I'm tempting them now. They put me in jail one more time. They're getting my next letter. I'm going to work on it today, so I'm ready to go. There you go. Well, it's uh, quite a, quite an entertaining story. I'm glad to see you pop back in, Pageant. We've missed you. It's been a while. Uh, yeah, I just didn't have anything to say. Nothing was happening. I see. Okay. Well, I hope you've been listening, regardless. So, uh, I don't know Roger. anything uh, astronomical. Samuel, you're back. Your your communication's back. You dropped out on us there, bud. Yeah, what does the uh, triangle icon in by my name mean, red or, or yellow in the corner? What does that mean? It keeps popping in and out. Are you talking about on Jitsi or on your phone? Yeah, on Jitsi on my Hell, phone. Oh, I got no idea, man. Okay, I, I that's there once in a while. Anyway, uh, what I might out. suggest Paget do is um, try to go up the food chain. Yeah, well, that's why I told her, you know, find out where, who do I talk to about my exhausting my administrative remedies. Okay. Yeah, well, I just keep finding different people. Like, I found the inspector general yesterday, and I just keep looking, and I just find different people, and I'll go to them. Um, in California, I go to the attorney general. Have you asked her to speak to her supervisor or who her supervisor is? I know we did that on the phone call, on the initial one, Right. Oh yeah, right. we've, we've asked. Yeah, they've they've taken us supposedly to the highest supervisor. Her name is McHugh. I mean, at least one of their supervisors. But we even asked her, you know, uh, that we even told her we want to exhaust our administrative remedies. I, so I, it's amazing that they they can they won't tell you how to how to even take the next step on exhausting administrative remedies. That's absolutely part of this administrative system, and that's what's run in the country. <laughs> supposedly no not supposedly the administrative (laughs) state runs the country you know go ask mr trump he'll tell you yeah i mean we'll see but yeah i'm gonna just keep on doing different people just like with the health departments i'm i went to that omnibus whatever she called person and i'm gonna see what that does and samuel to answer your question if you put your cursor over the three little buttons that are on the right of your little screen there's a triangle that says kick out so, but we didn't. I don't know. You know, we don't want to kick Samuel out. No, we didn't kick anyone out. But I'm just saying that it says kick we, out. We we could. It says that's what it means. We could kick people out. I think Lisa kicked somebody out one day. <laughs> um, Roger. Yes. Is that Harv? Uh, yep, yeah, it is. Um, Harvey, did you meet Paget? Did you meet Did you meet Paget when you oh, were yeah, there? Harvey was the first there. person yes. I met, and her sister. Okay. Yep. And yeah. Little yeah. <laughs> yeah. Little shaggy dog. I'm telling you, he's still shaggy. Um, well, that little triangle on my screen on my cell phone, it's at the upper right. And when that thing pops up, it means uh, an insecure connection or Insuffic- something like Insufficient that. connection so, or something. It might be that's where you're having some no, problems, no. Samuel. Well, that's, 
I think that it's a caution that this connection is not secure. And, oh. Okay. I'm not very secure myself, so we're even. Anyhow, that's that's what uh, over here. Now you're clipping a little hard. Probably clipping a lot. I, I should have a good connection, though. You know. Okay. Well, toss that in for Samuel. I think it has something to do alert well roger yeah i i feel better now because i thought you and paget were just bogarting the joint no 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 we'd never do that around here <laughs> just kidding we want to pass that freedom around buddy <laughs> uh anybody have anything else to bring up i mean paget's laid an awful lot of material out in front of us here this morning Gosh, cat must have got their tongue. Well, I was, yeah, I was off the call, so I don't have any continuity. Uh, I don't have a good intelligence. Well, we've got a very ask, interesting so. situation, Harvey, because in all the years I've been doing this, this has never popped up before. And anytime I see unique things or unique situations, they always intrigue me, okay, in this arena. And yeah. I've never had anybody denied, especially that went through a special naturalization process because of their situation. I've never heard of anybody being – I've seen them try and do that with these bluff letters. But everyone that's ever been addressed has been overcome. There's never been one person that I know of that didn't get their documents that pursued it, okay? And so for them to go through several layers of this denial and then be outright refuseniks about – where do you go to exhaust your administrative remedies and such? It throws it in a very interesting column to me, and I'm I'm quite uh, uh, in, intrigued about the situation and why they're doing this to Paget's poor mom. I know. Is yeah. that the way to treat a little old lady who's like eighty years old, who's represented like- the country in such fine, fine, upstanding uh, uh, situations? <clears throat> Like I said, you know, to Jew, it may concern. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe somebody's uh, decided this is a, a very dangerous threat. Well, I promise you, Paget, if you keep pursuing it, she's going to get that document. Oh, yeah. I, I, I have no intention to not let her get that document. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and not have to pony up another. Did she just do it? Did she do a passport book or did she just apply for the passport card with this for $30? She did both and she did it with expediated payments. Oh, expedited. So oh, you're, you're about 100, you're $165 into them on this. Yeah. So we, um, it was 200 and something. Ooh. So we, um, we, we addressed that in the letters too because, uh, we sent a letter at one point saying, um, you know, like she was supposed to go to Spain to represent Mallorca, you know, to represent the United States on October, whatever it was, 15th or something. And um, that ended up getting canceled. But what if it didn't? They had her passport. They had her everything. So, you know, we said so much for that, you know, so much for you being fast about it. Huh. I got mine really fast. 
And I got my passport, I believe, or the passport card or something on something like September 23rd or something. And I only went in on August 23rd. It's pretty unusual that they turn it around that quickly, but they may have had, may have had a lull there for whatever reason. My brother got his quickly, too. Yeah, but I don't know. Okay. Well, I know you'll keep us in the loop and uh, uh, keep their feet held firmly to the flames on this, and I believe you're going to get some satisfaction out of it. But yeah. what we, what I really would like for us to gain out of this is some understanding and knowledge and insight as to why the hell they are doing this to your poor mom in the first place. Quite often, you never know why. I mean, I've taken on the department. Uh, who did I take on? The planning commission you know when i stopped a cell tower from being constructed in harbor city and they're secretive they don't let you know anything they don't even let you know you've won they hounded me for like six months even after i had won trying to make it seem like i didn't win trying to get me to do a refund on my appeal that i did and all this stuff they're they're sneaky they're liars and you'll never know yeah they are you know the deeper i get into this and this is what i tell people sometimes especially if i'm communicating with them writing say these these bastards are so slick and you can't even appreciate that statement until you get in here and understand what they do with some of this language and how they've hidden this status and what links they've gone through to hide it and that's why I don't want it to go go into their de facto courts with them at all. I want it to all be with the paper. So, you know, we'll see. We'll okay. see what happens. Yeah. You Like, you may not even ever, I may not even ever get results with things that I'm doing. But say I ask for certain people to stand down because of their behavior. All you may notice is that you hear people are gone. You know, but I'll never know it's because of me. Well, you know, it's like Don, new, new new student Don, came on yesterday and was asking, do we have any victory letters? You know, like Ryan was asking when he, hey, where are the big victories? And I said, well, you know, we've got a few of them. I'm sure we can give you some examples. But for most part, there, there aren't any big, hey, th- we overcame this situation. The reason there isn't a lot of that is because most of the time they do exactly what you want them to do and what you'd expect them to do. There's no big victory because you've already won the victory. Yeah. You know, oh, and you, I got the. Uh, yeah. No, go ahead. Hey, Roger. Yeah, hold on a second. Let's hear what Paget was going to add there. No, think. Oh, I was there. just going to say, I I got the U-Haul without showing my driver's license. But what I learned is that it was because my daughter was the one who went in and um, you know, did the payment and showed her license. And oh, all this okay. Piece. So they already had that on record. Yeah. They had it, but I was going to be the driver. And so what I learned is when I no longer have a driver's license, I need to find a, um, an sure. insurance company that will not only insure me when I'm in my car, but insure me when I'm in anybody's car and insure me when I'm doing a rental or a U-Haul or anything. I need to find someone who will put all of that in there because you can't get insurance for a U-Haul unless like you have a driver's license so you may not it's another one of those areas where you may not be able to get insurance period unless you got a driver's license don't know i plan on finding i plan on finding somebody who's going to accept me because first of all i have a good driving driving record but secondly i mean as far as they're concerned using their language but secondly because money talks for them and all you have to do is just make it like a little higher than what you what other people maybe would have okay. you just make yourself what they want well there may be some instances where you can accomplish that samuel were you trying to say something a second ago no i was roger dave from fort worth oh hey dave 
hey, um, here's a victory letter for you. My brother's been free for, I don't know, three years. And yeah, something like that. Ta- and, and he hasn't filed taxes for for two years, and he hasn't heard a peep. So has he put has he put right. has he put the IRS on official notice yet? You know if Gary's done that? Oh yes, yes. Oh well, there you go, right there. There's a reason. Yep. And Dave went in Gary's brother here that we're speaking with. You work for a pretty big company, evidently, and you went in, and all that stuff is handled electronically. And you sent me the screenshots of it, and in the electronic background on the employee's information it says this person's not responsible for federal taxes and it's checked okay oh yeah oh yeah it's it's all it all grayed out it's uh we do all our uh taxes and our our w w2s or w4s whichever one it is through uh through oracle and everything's done online through our uh intranet system and uh, when it, uh, I just checked that uh, uh, it had a, it had a it had a uh, bunch of boxes in there where you know I check whatever, and uh, it's all connected as far as your investments and everything. And then when it, when you go to that section of it, it uh, it says, "Are you exempt from federal taxes?" And I checked the box yes, and everything just grayed out, and now my paycheck is significantly inc- increased and. Uh, so I won't file taxes this year, and I don't expect to hear anything from the IRS. Have, have, have you put them on official notice? It's a rhetorical question, I think, but I just want to oh, feel oh. like responsible to ask it. Oh, definitely. Okay. I, I put them on notice along with the Attorney General of Texas, Texas and uh-huh. and all the local, the sheriff. Uh, the, uh, in fact, I got a letter back from the district attorney of my county you did and uh and he said he returned the letter to him he said i don't know what this is uh, what it means but it, evidently it's it doesn't pertain to us in any way so he just sent it back to me and i just kept a copy of it and, and did you answer him uh no i did not well you might want to and say yes it does pertain to you in the respect that any of your regulations or laws that are written for citizens of the United States or residents under the 14th amendment no longer apply to me and should you uh, ha- have the opportunity and choose to pursue those being attached to me you'd lose your cloak of of inv- uh, of uh, 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 what's the word I want your cloak of yeah, I want to say invisibility but that's not it your cloak of immu- no your cloak of immunity, immunity. your cloak of uh, immunity, immunity. Qual- and you now become personally liable for your actions you might write him that back and say to see if see if that registers with you okay we'll do we'll do and I, we've got this on recording. There's so one other thing that comes into play. Go ahead, Harv. Roger. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, one one other thing that comes into play here, and that is on. Well, it's not income tax thing. Uh, you can't be. Uh, uh, yeah, but um, if somehow the government were to file income tax evasion charges. There is in that law a uh, bona fide good faith belief that the 
he was required to file income tax returns or pay income tax. You're talking about the cheat defense, the willfulness. Okay, that's right. And uh, but willfulness is written into the law. The reason that they'll never pursue you once you've got that notice and they've been noticed is because of that 1835 court case that says if the it's on file with the secretary of state and it is admissible in any court, that is what should be brought in as the higher and better evidence, which means it bypasses the laws of evidence again, because the administrative state, of course, this is a cabinet position, but it's still the administrative state in the way it operates now is a court of record you've got that in your administrative file because you submitted it to the secretary and now should they come after you all you have to do is say well look i'm going to bring this into court you know harvey have i told you the story about there's only one time i know of that we've had an affidavit put into a courtroom setting do you know about that no Okay. Well, when we, because this is maybe, uh, well, this is probably five, six years ago, and it was an engineer out of Huntsville, Alabama, and he had gone over to Europe, met himself a, a little old filly over there of some other nationality, fall in love, and they get married. He brings her back here. They have a child, and she brings her parents over uh, to, to hang around with the grandchild because it's the only grandchild. And so he's off following my stuff and submitting his affidavit, and they pin him as a sovereign citizen. With all the so- That's when all the sovereign citizen information was being floated around. And so they get divorced, and they get into a child custody battle where he has all of the authority over the medical area for the child. That was part of their agreement. And she wants to go get it vaccinated, Mm -hmm. and he don't want any vaccinations in his child. So they go to court, and in their filings on this court matter, they include my book, my name and a copy of his affidavit and so now they the moving party put it in okay in their pleadings so now that oh yeah yeah now that it's in the court arena they get him on stage up there in the chair to cross-examine him on something and he pulls out the affidavit and starts reading it and the judge says, don't read that document in this courtroom. It's the only time I know it's been in a courtroom oh. setting. So you can see how averse oh, they are to getting that information there in open court. And if it wouldn't have been for the moving party, including it in, in, their, in, the, in their petition, it wouldn't have been in there. So, only time, only time that I know of, anyway. I had another guy, his Patriot but, guy, got, but get a hold since of me. It was a document. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, I had another Patriot guy, I don't remember his name, and contacted me, and he had moved from Florida or somewhere up into the Midwest, around Illinois or indiana and somehow some u.s attorney was on him up there and they were trying to whip sovereign citizen on him you know and accusing him of that and he said what do i do and i said well file an affidavit Mm -hmm. and give the uh, u.s attorney a a copy well i never heard from the guy again so i'm assuming it worked 
Yeah. Well, you know, back uh, back in the 90s, I started swapping. Oh, gosh, that was the early 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I started swapping letters with the IRS, telling them. Uh, well, that was right when you and I met. There. Yeah. And uh, and this one IRS agent of some description, I don't know who he was, but he was the one that was pursuing me. Uh, he was foolish enough to answer uh, and sort of debate the matter on on paper, shall we say. And as I wrote him back, I said, you know, he was talking about one of the court cases that I had cited that showed that, you know, that uh, just didn't apply. And this is before we knew, at least before I knew anything about uh, about uh, the U.S. national status. And uh, he wrote back and said, yes, but this particular case, blah, 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 uh, uh, doesn't apply because of this. And I said, yeah, that uh, I said, first of all, you're wrong. But secondly, the fact that you addressed only one of the 19 cases I included indicates that the other 18 cases are uh, valid. And I never heard from him again. That's like Al Addis, you know, Addis got something from him and wrote back a list of 66 questions. Very well formulated. He never heard from him again either. And the reason for that, for the audience, that if you're, if you're anybody that's dealing with them that doesn't want to go through our stuff, always ask questions and put it to them in writing because the administrative state is a court of record they've got to put that in your administrative folder anything they receive from you anything they send you there's got to be a copy in there because they're a court of record this is this administrative remedy routine okay and so anything that's in your administrative folder because it's into already in entered into a court of record if you get into a regular court can be brought in and bypasses the laws of evidence it's already been in court see that's why you start writing questions and you'll stop them in their tracks that's right because it's a sincere attempt to straighten matters out and uh, and they are obligated to answer your questions to clear things up but uh, one of the things I did in that series of letters, and it, you know, like about a half dozen letters that I exchanged with them, uh, I said, you know, and Harv, you're clipping out pretty bad. You're dropping out here for for seconds. If you disagree, then oh gosh i'm sorry but no that's okay uh, it's beyond your control but you're you're dropping you're dropping out you close to the router you close to the router are you let me go let me go stand next to the thing okay that (laughs) that probably will straighten it out i mean you know honestly uh so anyway it could be weakness over here um but but i said but if we simply cannot agree We'll just have to have to take this matter to court. Well, they don't, you know, they don't know what to do with somebody that's not afraid to go to court. 
And I said, we'll take it. No, no. I said, we'll take this matter to a jury because the jury is the rightful judge of fact and law. And then I launched into this oh, long, into a Fiji, into a Fiji. That's speech. exactly right. I, I launched into an explanation of the role of the jury. Well, what I was doing was putting this all into my file at Gestapo Central, <laughs> and uh, one of my buddies by the name of Reg had oh, Reg. told me. Yeah, told me once upon a time, and it was one of the best pieces of advice I think I ever got. Uh, he said that uh, you never write a letter to a government agent. You write a letter, you write your letters to the jury, yeah, good but you address them to the government agent. You see, when I, when I met Harvey, the reason Harvey and I crossed paths so many years ago is I was driving home up to Marietta one night, and you were on GST, and they were interviewing you. I don't remember if it was Mike Rose or who you were on with. I think it was GST. And mm-hmm. uh, you were on there talking about Fiji. And you gave your phone number, and I remember I pulled off to the side of the road and wrote it down, and that's why we're here talking today. <laughs> I, pro- now, our, our paths would have probably crossed Atlanta. The Patriot community is fairly small. I'm sure we'd have crossed at some point, but that is how Harvey and I met. Yeah, I I think that was uh, – I don't have uh, a whole lot of faith that we would have met, but we – you know, it was just – but the Fiji was uh, – that was really what got me into the matter. Uh, Reg told us about this jury movement, and uh, we were off and running. And now, you, let me let me go ahead, and you can tell the story. But uh, but I just flashed on it because I'd forgotten about it till you mentioned it one day. It was in this period of time that me and Harvey and probably Reg and a couple other people shut down the Richard B. Russell Federal Building in Atlanta by handing out Fiji literature. Oh yeah. Uh, now, we, we shut it. down a federal building just handing out pocket constitutions and Fiji literature. That's yeah, how the scared they district. are of that. Yeah, the Northern District of Georgia courthouse is the Richard B. Russell building. And uh, uh, we passed out the, uh, the fully informed jury brochure. In, in the parking lot. So it wasn't on the building's premises. It was in the parking right. lot of the adjacent parking lot. So they couldn't do anything to us. Yeah. <laughs> and the funny, there was a funny thing. One, the, the next time we went, of course, they closed the, the, that judge, William O. Kelly. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's who it was. That yeah. piece of dirt. I mean, he was a piece of dirt. And, uh, he uh, dismissed the entire jury pool, said that we had contaminated the jury pool. He was the chief judge. And so all the trials were shut down. That was in November. Uh, I forget what day, but it was in November of that year. And they rescheduled the trials for January. Well, we were back. <laughs> but. But he said, 
he said, yeah, this, you know, this, and I put my name on the brochure in big letters and my phone number just in case they thought I might be afraid of them. And, uh, and so he mentioned in the courtroom, he said, yes, his brother is a commissioner up in Cobb. So, <laughs> and so I we mentioned it the looked, other day with Brent for the audience who may not heard that. Harvey's younger brother, Gordon, was a commissioner in Cobb County, big, big bedroom community in the northwest side of Atlanta, and who had stopped a bunch of homosexual activity they were trying to promote from entering Cobb County. And, buddy, they brought the talons out for Gordon Wysong. So that's oh, why yeah. that judge made that comment. Yeah. I mean, phone calls at all hours of the day and night to threaten them. Uh, threatening his boys, threatening his wife. I mean, what'd you say? Uh, Gordon got got threatening emails and letters from people all over the world. Uh, not threatening. It was fan mail and uh, hate mail. <laughs> and but he had a lot of a lot of uh, fan, fan mail from all over the world. It was amazing. I wonder if he still got. I don't know whether he still got those letters, but. Uh, Boy, he was controversial, and everybody on the on the uh, sodomite side was uh, trying to catch him doing anything uh, illegal. Well, you know what we used to say in the record business, Harvey: any press is good press. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but anyhow, the that you know that what. What Reg told me back in the 90s is still great advice today, and that is when you write a letter, you make sure that you're not writing the letter to the, to the government agent. You're only addressing it to him. You're writing to the jury. You're teaching because that is in your government file, and it is ipso facto admissible as evidence in the especially uh, 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 evidence of a sincere belief uh, right there in the government file so you can introduce it in a trial if they were foolish enough to bring criminal charges against you and so I say every time you write a letter make sure you're thinking about the jury should any criminal charges arise that's now that hopefully just, if you've thought, got a if you've got an affidavit on file you won't ever be charged criminally unless you've genuinely right. some done somebody wrong and then you ought to be charged criminally quite frankly mm. yeah oh i thought <laughs> well i'm not going to make a joke uh about it but one of the things i did um reg is a clever boy he said he said, look at my driver's license. And he pulled out his driver's license, and there he was in a coat and tie. He said, you know, I, I've got a remodeling business, <clears throat> and I'm often in my work clothes. You know, most of the time I'm in my work clothes. <clears throat> but when I went to get my driver's license, I wore a coat and tie. If a cop pulls me over and looks at my driver's license, I want him to see me in a coat and tie, not blue jeans and a, a, good, and good a rough it's shirt. One of those small little things that can make a difference sub- subconsciously, really. Yeah. And uh, 
And then I had some, uh, hmm, I had a little argument with someone uh, that involved firearms. And I had a, uh, I, I had a shotgun with a shortened barrel. It was not below 18 inches, but I think it was 18 and a half when we finally trimmed it down. But I had a folding, a folding stock on it instead of the standard wooden stock that, that came on the shotgun. And <clears throat> I began to look at it, and I said, no, wait a minute. With a pistol grip, a black pistol grip, and this folding metal piece on it, this thing looks like some kind of ninja weapon. I took that thing off the shotgun, put the old uh, walnut stock back on it, and that's the way it stayed ever since. Because if that thing goes in before a jury, see, all of these, all of these uh, military-style weapons can be characterized. They already have been characterized as assault weapons. That's already been done by the left-wing press. So I want something that uh, that um, well doesn't look that way. You can go back and put that tricky little stock on it because they accepted your affidavit. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I don't like that stock all that much, and I, you know, I carried a twelve gauge in Vietnam, and I'm very comfortable carrying a twelve gauge shotgun. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. Uh, there ain't nothing yep. like that sound. Everybody in the world knows what it is. <laughs> when they when you rack that pump, buddy, people know what it is. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, Harvey, true. we're getting right at the end of the show. Does anybody else have anything they want to add here before we run out of time, which we're about to do here in a couple minutes? I have something to add, Roger. Samuel. I have a theory. And I don't know anything about technical stuff, but you know when you. Well, hold it! Now here we lost Samuel again. You know when you boom. Samuel, are you there? Oh, that's the second time that's happened today. Samuel, you you read us? Well, shoot. Okay, I don't have an answer for that. No, maybe. He's going to need to rejoin because um, it's not a. He just went silent, went dark. You went right? went dark on the Samuel old bud. Yeah. Okay. Does anybody else want to see if they can go dark too? Ah, nobody wants to do it. Okay. Well, listen. Uh, I wanted to at the close here. Uh, Pageant. Thank you. Uh, great to talk to you again. Glad you uh, spent some time with us today and gave us a background on all these exciting things going on in your life and what you're doing. And I think you're very inspirational for people because, uh, you, you did, I mean, it's pretty obvious this girl just has no fear of these people. I'll be back to let you know what happens. And Samuel, maybe you could type in what you want to say and someone can read it for you. I think he's on his cell phone is the problem with typing in those little cell I have phones. a suggestion. Is that, is that you, Samuel? Again? No, this is Brandon Biden. Oh, hey, Brandon. 
since uh, Andy Hitchcock is down to uh, interviewing RBN callers, <laughs> he needs to get Paget. <laughs> well, when I get with him, I'll suggest that because uh, Paget Paget had a conversation with Paul one day on here, and uh, she's got some roots back there in England and jolly old, and I'm sure that oh, yeah, uh, love Andy to- would love to talk to Paget and get some of her effervescent. I've attitude. been on Ingrid's show. You've been on whose? Ingrid. Oh, okay, right, right, right. Yep. Ingrid's uh, Ingrid's a good gal. I've been on a program too one time. Um, we're making a little progress. I may I may have a slot. I don't know. I don't want to speak out of school, but we're shooting to see if I can get one of those days of John's old schedule in his two hour show. And uh, uh, we've been in contact with the guy that's very instrumental in making the decision. And uh, uh, several of you called into his show last week, and uh, we're talking about uh, the praises of of what we do here and our approach. And then I sat down and drafted an email to this gentleman named Tom. That's the guy that we're talking about uh, here this morning. So I kind of get a good feeling about that. If it doesn't happen, I'm not going to go slip my throat or anything. But it would be nice to have two hours a day over on that slot with that audience that Stat Miller spent over 25 years, way over 25 years building. Okay. So hopefully that I'm just supposed to get with Andy and get interviewed by him after the first of the year, uh, making some other inroads into a couple of other good sized platforms. So we'll see. We'll see what happens over the holidays. Maybe maybe we'll get a, a, a nice a nice gift from the big guy of getting some doors opened in 22. I think this may be a year, a good year for us coming up because it's definitely going to be a bad year for a lot of people. That usually the dialectic applies here. So if it's bad for a lot of people, it may be real good for us. So we'll see how that goes. Jimbo, you with us there, Big Bud? Hmm. He had to unmute everything. Yeah. I'm here. Okay. Good deal. Uh, what did I hear? I heard something on your show yesterday I wanted to comment on, and I've forgotten what it was. Somebody said something I wanted to comment on. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of stuff said during that two hours. <laughs> well, we encourage Roger. you to stay tuned for, well, there's our whistler. Yeah, Samuel, you're back. Yeah, if, I, if you guys can hear me, um, I'd love, love to get Jim in on this, too. Um, I have a theory about why we might not be working so well um, in commu- communications here today. Um, are you hearing me? Yeah, we hear you. Yep. Okay. Um you like you you say that you know turn your cameras off because that just sucks up bandwidth i'm thinking that maybe when we get on the phone and our uh, like my operating system on my android has got all this stuff open in the background from the past day that when i actually open my mic maybe that's pulling everything down it could it could be could be i don't know so that could be maybe harvey too might want to know well, that he, he no. has to sweep the phone when harvey walked back close to the router he was perfect so it's a little bit problem being away from the source okay Just so a thought. 
Yep. Well, thank you for the thought, and we're sorry you were dropping out, and I don't know what the problem is, but if you want to try and close some of those uh, before next time you join us, that may it may help, and uh, we I guess we'll see. Uh, anyway, thank good pageant. We'd love to hear you today. Thanks for joining us and filling us in, and keep thank us you. surprised of the situation. It's great to hear your voice again. All of y'all, I hope you got something out of this in more ways than one. Uh, Jim Ram is about to follow me here, and I'm going to go have lunch with some of the good expats here in the Kumbaya, Ecuador area. And I will see y'all tomorrow on Wednesday. And uh, we'll take it at that point. Thanks for joining us. I think we're off by now, Jimbo. Yeah, it looks like it. Enjoy lunch and uh, enjoy that wonderful weather down there. (laughs) Yeah, a little cloudy today, but we're all right. It's warm. It's 19 degrees when I was out cleaning the stalls this morning. Yikes. Well, we're a lot warmer than that. So uh, I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, bud. <laughs> All righty. Well, we're going to mute things out here and get the network feed up and we'll get rolling. Mm. All righty.
Well, good afternoon and welcome to Your DIY Health here on the Eurofoot Radio Network. I'm your host, Sergeant Jim Ram, retired. You can call me Sarge. It is Tuesday, November 7th, 2021, the 80th anniversary of the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, beginning of World War II for us. And uh, I understand there's a group of vets who were present that day that are actually going back there to see it all again. Many of them are in over 100 years old now, and uh, I just wish them a good, safe trip. Uh, they will have fun memories and not bad ones when they get there, and uh, just let us always remember what took place on that day, a day that will live in infamy. Anyway, this program is meant to present nutritional information only and is in no way meant to replace the advice of a competent medical professional, assuming you can find one. And I'm just going to stop right there. <laughs> Basically, uh, we invite you to check out the website, yourdiyhealth.com. That's Y-O-U-R, D-I-Y, like do-it-yourself, health, H-E-A-L-T-H, yourdiyhealth.com. And our sister site, yourdiywealth.com. And when you're on that site, make sure that you hit the Hyperfund tab and check out the videos there. And if you have any questions, send me an email. Otherwise, when you're on the Your DIY Health, I encourage you to check everything out. There's lots of information on the products we talk about are there. And if you have any questions about anything, hit the Contact Me button and uh, send an email or call and leave a message. Either way, we'll get back with you within a few hours and do what we can to get you on the right track and get your questions answered. Be sure to hit the Radio Shows tab as well. And at the top of the page is a link to our archive page set up through castbox.fm, which has about 700 shows now as well as uh, scrolling down a little bit you see the information on the shows we do when they're on time to listen. And then at the bottom of the page is a link to the Facebook page set up for the show and the Telegram channel as well. And uh, the number to call into the show is 614-426-8787. 614-426-8787. One last time, 614-426-8787. And... Uh, other ways to get in the show you can find on the website under the radio shows tab. And keep in mind the topics discussed and opinions mentioned on the show are those of the host and or guests who don't necessarily represent the opinions of the Eurofoot Radio Network, its owners or sponsors, or any of the alphabet agencies out there listening in. Nothing we say on the show should be construed as an attempt to diagnose, treat, or cure any kind of health issue. It's all here for your education and entertainment purposes only so that as a responsible adult, you can use this show as a jumping off point to do your own research and due diligence so that you can make sure that what you're doing, what you're trying is right for you. All righty then. Well, I was talking yesterday about um, my wife's uh, situation with her uh, employer and how they had been sending out denials left and right of uh, people's uh, religious exemptions, which is a violation of federal law. The law says once they're put on notice, they have to make reasonable accommodations, not they get to choose pick and choose which ones they agree with and believe and whatnot, which apparently is what they're doing. Um, apparently one guy was a pastor, and I don't know if he's one of the um, chaplains for the hospital or uh, if he has some other, if he has another job there that just, and just happens to be a pastor as well or what, but he was denied. <laughs> and they've actually said in some of their responses that they question the sincerity of the person's beliefs, which is just idiotic. 
how they can actually make that statement. It's like, take me to court, sue me, kick my butt, you know? Um, it's amazing. But um, uh, as of uh, yesterday morning, there was only one person they knew of that had been approved. And it was 